to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs. I've been in business for the past 28 years. Today, I'm going to field a question that was sent to me from a client. And I actually really like this question because it is concerning one of the areas that I'm probably most interested in, and that is the sports psychology side of things. So I'm going to read his question, and then I'm going to um, try to answer it the best I can. He texts, you asked for a topic. I'm super interested in the psychology side of things you shared in your book and podcast. One topic could be discipline. You're one of the most disciplined people I've come across. Writing books, podcasts, client work, challenge yourself by learning new things such as piano, to name a few. Sharing the importance of discipline for strength training, weight loss, diet, etc. Uh, I misput that, but anyway. He goes on, what are your tips and tricks? What have you learned from other people along the way? Do you constantly think about your end goal to stay motivated or setting short, medium, and long-term targets? Self-improvements day-to-day, question mark. I think that's something you can definitely touch upon and educate, and I think society could be benefit from more self-discipline. So as I said, it is one of my favorite topics because I believe that um, really what separates people from one another has a lot more to do with the psychology of things versus the physiology of things. There is no question that genetics plays a role in, in a lot of different things from athletic accomplishments to types of physiques to levels of weight loss. Absolutely, genetics plays a role. Um, but I think that, or I know that, the psychology side, the mind, the brain, pit plays an even greater role. And, uh, and definitely when you're talking about splitting hairs as far as competition goes or when you're talking about people of pretty equal ability then it all comes down to the psychology side of things so let me start with the first one um, discipline and, and why like why I do it so for me it's 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 pretty simple to have the discipline because I feel like crap when I don't it's it's really that simple when I, um, and I've shared in other podcasts before, growing up a teenager and going through a few overweight years, you or I should, I felt like shit about myself during those time periods. And if I let myself get out of shape, I don't feel good about myself. So knowing the difference between feeling great and feeling bad is all the discipline I need. So I don't think people can quite understand that until they get to the other side of it. But I know like even as a late teenager, as I started to get thin, and this is even before I really got into fitness, but I just got skinny, I felt so much better about myself. It improved every aspect of my life. I was not a very good student at all in high school, but I was a great student in college. And I was able to learn that because I was in control, because I was in control of my physical fitness, which I didn't know, maybe it, it sounds strange to think you didn't know, but like as a teenager, I just believe that we are what we are. And I don't know where I learned that false 
belief, but that's pretty much what I thought. So the kids that were making A's were just smarter than everybody. The kids who were looked and appeared athletic, and I'm, I'm talking like this grammar school, middle school ages, you know, that they were just born that way. And the kids that were chubbier were just born that way. And the kids that, you know, couldn't throw a baseball three feet were just born that way. And the kids that they, you know, labeled special or behind academically were just kind of born that way. And that is a very, very false belief system. And it wasn't until learning to apply eating right that I, I learned that that is all nonsense. Again, there is something to genetics. People that are can get morbidly obese probably couldn't get on the stage and be a fitness competitor, but they don't have to be morbidly obese. People that can get on the stage and be a fitness competitor in a physique contest probably would never become 100 pounds overweight, but they can get 40 pounds overweight, which to them would be a great swing. So yes, genetic plays a role, but the um, how much of a role it plays isn't the deal maker or the deal breaker. So, I, so when I say that, you know, I thought we are as we are, yes, I do understand that there are differences among people, but at the same time, we have absolute control. And so getting back to the question, once I learned how good you can feel when you take care of yourself, it was pretty easy discipline. And then it becomes, I don't want to allow that to get away from me. I don't want to get out of shape again. And so not feeling good during the day wasn't something I would want to go through. So I simply, and I'm going early, you know, early on with discipline because the person who asked me this question is right. I mean, I do give myself credit for being disciplined type of person. Um, but, you know, going back to college age, if I didn't work out in a, a couple days in a row, I'm not feeling as good about myself. So it, it, it was as simple as, do I want to feel good today? Do I not want to feel good? So I continue to put in the work so I can feel better. And, and I would agree that I think we do live in a very undisciplined society. Um, and I, I don't know exactly why. If I had to guess, I would say that most people haven't learned push themselves long enough to get to the other side of it, to realize how they feel when they do things and how they feel when they don't, because you're not going to feel better right away. You're, you're not going to all of a sudden start eating better and then all of a sudden start feeling better. It's going to take weeks, if not months, before you start to even notice yourself feeling better. So it, it's, it's not going to happen right away. And I think People get discouraged way too quickly, they give up, and so they never got to the other side. I believe that once somebody gets to the other side, they don't want to go back, and then they discipline themselves because they know it works. I mean, if we always rely on somebody else to discipline us, we're no more than a child, and we're never really going to learn self-discipline. That's why it's self-discipline. The military discipline uses discipline to get their cadets ready to do what they need to do in hope that once they get through it, get through the disciplinary process, that they do it for themselves. And for the most part, it's been my experience dealing with a lot of ex-military guys that that is true, guys and gals. 
that they come out of the military and they continue to do a lot of the same things they did while in the military, which is get up in the morning and, and do their exercise, make their bed, um, things like that. And so, so it does work, but the military has the advantage of being able to hold on to people long enough to make this transformation, you know, boot camp you have to get through and then you have to get through your years. You know, um, I think people not having the self-discipline maybe try things for two or three weeks. They're not getting the results they want, so they fall back to their old behaviors. They never get to the other side. The, the people that I know that get to the other side that, you know, have morphed their body into something they like, morphed their fitness into something they like, they don't want to go back. So it could be swimmers, and for some reason swimmers are really jumping out at me because I know a lot of people that swam in college, swam in high school, um, and then swim for triathlons. And if they don't get in the pool every couple days, they feel like moody. They, they don't like it. They like that discipline of getting up early and getting to the pool. And I'm sure it's true with every sport. Just for some reason, um, swimmers are really jumping out at me right now because I've talked to so many that have said, you know, if, if I don't get there, I'm not feeling good. So it also, I think building self-discipline also is about, you know, getting to the point where the workouts become where you are getting that dopamine increase afterwards. And uh, due to that, you don't feel as good, not only because your self-esteem isn't as high, but your mood isn't as good. And so you discipline yourself to get that feeling of euphoria or close to euphoria versus that feeling of, um, you know, being disappointed in yourself. I mean, I think we all have been there when we know we're supposed to get up early to work out and we've been on a good run and, you know, we've been in a, in a good habit of it for a few weeks or months or whatever and we miss one and then you know, for the rest of the day we're beating ourselves up going, oh man, you know, I missed my run today, now I'm going to have to do it, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to feel as good. Now. There are some people, I get it, that are like, they don't give it a thought if they miss their run or miss their walk because it's just not been ingrained in their life. So the first part of the question, how do you discipline and what are the, what are the tricks and tips is, yes, I'll acknowledge it, that I do have a lot of self-discipline. I've always been told that and I believe it to be true and I believe it to be an asset that I'm very happy with. How do you get there? I think that number one, you have to be your own boss. You have to know what works. Doesn't mean you can't ask for help. Um, you know, just because you go to a trainer doesn't mean you're not disciplined. It means that you want somebody to show you the right way to do it and you want to be pushed. And so I'm a very disciplined person, but I will go and get instruction where I need it. Um, the person who asked the question brought up me learning how to play piano. You know, I, I love music and I, I basically, you know, some of my belief systems, again, have always been that, um, you know, in the past you either are or you're not, but, you know, again, so I never took up music because I thought, well, I don't know how to play it, and then I'm like, you know what, I want to learn. I want to learn to, you know, just be able to play a little bit because I think it's good for my brain. So I disciplined myself to hire a teacher, an instructor that works with me and works has helped me a lot and my discipline is when she says do the homework every day you know 10 minutes a day I do it so it doesn't mean you don't ask for help it means that you you know sometimes being disciplined is asking for help when I go to when I get into good 
routines of swimming. I like to go to a master swim class because I like to be pushed and I like the structure. Doesn't mean I'm not disciplined, I'll still go to the pool. It means that I'm disciplined enough to know what I need. So discipline isn't always about like asking for help. It's knowing what we need and then simply doing it. And I think the biggest, the biggest answer to the question is how do you get there is you have to get over the top. You, you have to get to the other side where the good happens. And when that starts to happen, I believe you build self-discipline. If you never allow enough time to go by, you're probably going to struggle. Now, the next part of the question was, you know, how do I stay motivated? Do I set goals? Do, you know, um, short-term, long-term? The answer is yes and no. So, you know, I think goal setting is important. I also think that the, the most important part is the process, though. I think too often we get, or I have gotten, I, I'm speaking in the first person because it was asked me that way, but I do think there's generalizations here that um, too often we, we focus on the end result and not the process. In other words, um, you know, if I was going to do a, say, a, a physique show like I did last year, did a couple of them. So yeah, that's an end, re end result. That's a goal. So I'm setting a goal to be able to compete and place in my age group, so to say. Um, in the past or, or whatever, it could be a triathlon or run, whatever. I mean, I do a lot of different things to stay fit. I don't like to box myself up. Um, you know, I, I do I do multiple things that tend to work well together. So um, the end result would be completing a triathlon in a certain time or run in a certain time, a physique show, yes. But the most important part where we're going to get the benefits is the process. So I'm disciplined to the process, I, you know. We can't control how we're going to do it, you know, as far as that goes. It kind of cracks me up sometimes that, um, you know, people put so much emphasis on um, how they place or whatever, you know. Like their local runners or triathletes will say, oh, you know, I won my age group. And it's not, you know, I get it. I mean, that's nice. That feels good and everything. At the same time, what, what does that mean? Does that mean like if a bunch of former Olympic athletes decided to jump in the race you're going to do and they just so happen to be in your age group and so you finished dead last behind all these ex-Olympic athletes that you suck. I mean, that's silly, isn't it? I mean, you have the same time but a bunch of ex-Olympic athletes, which hey, every so often these stars do jump in these races and so if you don't have a good time or you think you don't, you didn't do well because some ex-professional athlete jumped in and beat you, that's really ridiculous. Or, on the flip side of that, if you ran a terrible time for you, meaning you were two or three minutes slower than you've been, you didn't go anywhere near a PR for yourself, but you won your age group, is that really something to feel overly good about? I mean, for me, no. I mean. I've, I've competed a lot in that area before and I, you know, if you said, what, what did you finish at a certain race, like what place, and I've done thousands of races, I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, maybe I'd be able to tell you last weekend, that would be about it. But if you said, what's your PR, I'd say, well, in the 5K, it's, it's 1937, <laughs> you know, and that was well over 15 years ago. So my point is, is that 
what matters most is to me is the time not how I did and the same can kind of be said for a physique competition so sure you can get up on stage and win your division but what if like you're the only one there I mean to me I'm not downing that in other words I think anybody that does one of those deserves applause and, and praise from themselves, especially just for getting up on the stage. I mean, it's a daunting task to basically be in your underwear and pose. So if you're, you know, just getting up there is an accomplishment, but saying you won or something, I mean, again, as amateurs, it's, I'm talking as amateurs here, you know, it, it, it's kind of silly because that, who, who showed up? I mean, what if... What if you get up on stage and all of a sudden all these ex-professional bodybuilders decided to come back and do a master's, like in, in my age group, come back and do a grand master's competition. I get dead last, but I've never looked better in my life. And if I walk out of there not feeling good about myself, and, it, and it's human nature to like a trophy, I get it. But if I walk out of there not feeling good about myself, I miss the whole point, you know? So. Yes, setting goals is very important, but I think like the most important thing to stay motivated is, is the process. Like I like the crunch numbers. I like the process. I like to look at where I'm at and say, um, all right, I want to work on this. I want to work on this. I want to work on this. And I break it down. And when I, and I'm fascinated, I love this question. So I am fascinated by like um, people that are performance coaches because there's performance coaches in fitness and business and they really go hand in hand with each other and they talk about breaking it down so the general manager for the Los Angeles Rams uh, Mr. Sneed forget his first name anyway I heard him on a podcast and and he told the person he said you know well we break it down and the interviewer said, what do you mean, offense and defense? He goes, no, 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 we break it down even more than that. So our, our model in the locker room is do your job. And so if you're an offensive lineman, you know, then you say, well, okay, so your job is for the offense to do good. He says, no, 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 that offensive lineman's job is to not let this specific person go past him. So he's got to get better at whatever skills though are, they, those things are so that defensive player can't get past him. So specifically, his job is, let's say, as a left tackle is to not allow the right defensive end to get beyond him to the quarterback. So he is going to be graded on how many times that that right defensive end got past him. That's his job. His job is not to score the football offensively. His job is very specific. So in Sneed's, and I'm not a Rams fan, don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, I'm not really, I don't hate any team. I admire people who do really well. And I really think a lot of this general manager uh, based on what I've heard. And so they're graded on these things. They're graded on it. And, and his belief is that if everybody does their job, and this is called chunking, by the way, it's a psychological tool called chunking. Chunking the big action and the smaller actions and the smaller parts and the smaller parts until you get finite to the point of what exactly you have to do. So they're great. So his belief is that if the offensive tackle basically only has, you know, maybe two or three times a game that a guy gets by him out of, I don't know how many snaps, 50, 60 snaps, that might be way off, it could be over 100, who knows. 
then and then the center does the same thing and then the other side does the same thing and if the running back like they all have specific jobs and if they all do it that's going the end product's going to be you're going to win so to answer the goal question yes i set goals but i really like to work on specific things so right now for example what motivates me is running is a mind game to me right now it is so freaking mental and i'm trying to win the battle of boredom and pain like those are two things that when you run for time or bike for time or swim for time anybody can relate to you kind of vacillate back and forth from boredom and pain so if you're not pushing hard enough you're going to get kind of mentally bored and it's amazing how quickly you can drop back into a, a an inadequate pace for what you want to accomplish that day if you push too hard you're not going to be able to sustain the discomfort so you think but there's been so many studies now on the brain being the uh, the regulator and controlling that. In other words, what you perceive going into it is what happens. So if you perceive a certain pace is going to be painful, that pace will become painful, even if it wasn't going to be painful if you had zero expectations. So anyway, as you can see, I'm really into this mind thing of late. So for me, I'm breaking down the process. And I literally made a... Um, a playlist of the amount of songs I believe it will take to run a particular 5k so the mind game is to stay focused on my technique my form and my breathing one song at a time so look at that you'd say oh you would have no idea going into that right you're probably gonna think I'm a little nuts now but hey that's okay uh, I am so anyway uh, you know, you might say, oh, so what, you know, what's your goal? You're going to run a 5K? Yeah. Yeah, that's be a total bullshit answer. That's not the goal. I run thousands. Oh, so, okay. So is your goal your time? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm going to say yes, just because I don't really feel like having a casual conversation with somebody I hardly know. And I just want to kind of get to my business. That is if somebody asked me, which, you know, I'm assuming somebody would. And the reality is nobody really gives a shit, so they probably won't. But let's say that they did. Um, I might say, oh, yeah, 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 a certain time, whatever, you know. The, the reality is, no, it, that's, that's not it at all. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make my brain stronger. That's what I want. Like, you know, I've been meditating more. I think it's good. Like, I'm trying to get my brain more focused. So my actual goal is, can I maintain the pace, the breathing, technique and the rest of my body technique you know basically staying alert and focused one song at a time that's my goal isn't that crazy that's my goal now if i do that like my belief is if i can stay totally focused and alert through each song and i think i made it for like six or seven songs something like that then i'm gonna have a good time and then i'm gonna you know look at it and then i'm gonna come back and analyze it so to answer the second part of the question that my uh, great client and friend asked, um, yes, I set goals, but I set process goals. Like I, I really try to figure out what I need to work on. And I'll give one more, then I'll wrap this up. The other one is inside the gym because we, we need goals, of course, in the gym. I'm strong enough. I'm never going to reach my PRs that I reached when I was in my 20s. I'm never going to reach it. Um, you know, I used to bench press over 350 pounds. That's not going to happen. Nor do I care. 
So my goals are I want to keep my upper body like really cut, defined, and strong, my lower body too, but I don't want my lower body to be so strong that it slows me down when I run a bike. So right now I'm working on more range of motion with that. So, you know, I, I break it down the process goals of what do I need to increase range of motion. And so I set that up and then I start practicing that. So, <coughs> excuse me. So the goal wouldn't be, you know, squat this amount of weight again. It would be, um, you know, I would set up parameters in my training. And I do this for clients too, based on what they need. I set up, you know, the objectives and then the process of how to reach the objectives. And then through that, we get the goals. So I would set up the objectives to get lower and deeper in a bodyweight squat or something like that versus um, trying to you know, use more load. So again, with clients, I do the same thing. And then I explain the objectives to them. And then we work on the processing with that. Okay. So I really hope that answers the question. I enjoy it. And uh, anybody listening that wants to hear more about this stuff, just hit me up. I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden. And they are at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. And they're absolutely the best in the biz. They've got the best five stars, the most five star reviews. Um, they are into fitness, they are into health, they work out, they work out almost every day. And as I've said before, people who work out are gonna do a better job for you. Um, right now the market's hot, everybody's buying houses, but you need good agents to help you find what you need or you're not moving anywhere. So, and I found that out firsthand. So, these guys are great, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gildan Group at Realty Pros. They can be reached at thegildengroup.com or 386-451-2412. Let me read that again. 386-451-2412. Until next time, be max fit and be max well.